I'm a pretty sheltered child. And I always thought that I would stay in the circle, stay within my comfort zone. And I, I never really knew what I was capable of until I was across the world and so far away. And I had to do all of that by myself. So now that I know that I could do it, I feel so empowered to keep doing it. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs, and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. In this week's episode, I'm super excited to speak with Ayin Bernos, who is a Filipina digital content creator, writer, and entrepreneur. In her YouTube channel, Sunkiss Somewhere, she vlogs about travel, lifestyle, and confidence, and uses her platform to raise awareness on colorism. Inspired by this advocacy, she has also launched Marina the Label, a Manila-based clothing line that sells statement tees celebrating Sunkiss skin and body positivity. Camp Confidence, her latest passion project, is a community-based podcast about self-love, success, and adulthood. Listen on to find out how Ayin has been able to travel the world as a digital content creator. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here with Ayin. Is that how you say your name, by the way? Yeah, it's a complicated name, isn't it? It's Ayin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, some people have said Anne, some people Eileen, Irene, it's all, it's, it's okay. Because I'm also Filipino, because Aileen is Filipino, and I'm like, I've never heard this, because um, we give each other nicknames, right? But I'm like, I've never, I've never heard this name before, so I'm like, I'm like... It's made up, it's made up, really. <laughs> That's what Filipinos do, we make up all of our names. <laughs> Oh my gosh, all of the Merlins and Gemerlins. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, so true. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you here because you have such an interesting background. And can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Well, first, thank you for having me. I am, well, I'm Ayin Bernos. I am a YouTube content creator, a podcaster, and an entrepreneur, I think. Yes, I'm a, I am have an e-commerce <laughs> business called Marena the Label. So I do all of that right now from here in Manila. I recently moved back from a year in Spain and I've been wanting to transition to full-time travel vlogging. And I guess the reason that my life is an offbeat life is because I just don't really want to you know, go the usual path of, especially, you know, as an Asian girl with Asian expectations from Asian parents. <laughs> um, typically, we're expected to do the lawyer thing or the engineer thing, but I'm just not any of that. So I'm trying to maximize what we have on the internet so that I can keep doing what I want to do creatively, but also be free geographically. So 
Yes. I definitely understand that part. I know most Filipinos are definitely nurses and lo and behold, yes. right? When when I was going into school, my parents were like, you're going to be a nurse. And obviously I didn't turn really? out that way, but <laughs> they cried a lot. Oh my gosh. Really? But, but they're are. happy now, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I think at this point they realized they're like, well, we have no say in it. Now we just have to accept it. <laughs> Good. Well, I mean, you, you live a pretty awesome life, so that's that's all that matters, right? Yeah, you know how parents are, especially Filipino parents. Yeah. It's like it's never oh, yeah. enough for the most part. <laughs> uh, never enough. <laughs> so, you know, when you were starting out, did you know that you wanted to be location independent? to travel and then to become an entrepreneur. What did you start out as? So my first job out of college was I, I worked at a digital marketing agency as a copywriter. I did social media, etc. And I guess during that time, I just wanted to survive, I guess, in the city. But then once I started, you know, having little vacations here and there and having money to spend, I realized that I wasn't really happy with an office job or, or a nine to five. And so I wanted to figure out a way to be location independent because other people have done it. So I keep telling myself, why not me? So <laughs> that's how it it started. Well, that's really good. I feel like there's so many things that happens in our life where we finally just kind of realize that this is not what we want to do or we see someone doing it and we're like, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. So that's really good. I think it's taking those moments of inspiration and really taking it to heart and doing something positive with it. That's really great. Yeah, truly, especially now with the internet, I feel like everything is possible because I can see other people making it happen for themselves. But at the same time, I have the same tools that they have, Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> right? That's, it's, so true. that's an empowering thought. <laughs> that's so true. I It's the best thing, honestly, is to have that internet because now you can literally do so many different things that you weren't able to do before, like being a digital nomad. And you also yes. left the, the Philippines, right, to... Yes teach English abroad. How did that happen for you? Why did you decide to do that? That was so random. So I've been wanting to become a YouTuber full time, but it was just not realistic. You know, I'm not one of those overnight viral internet sensations. So I really had to grow my channel from nothing. And I guess I needed a job that would allow me to create more content while at the same time affording me a travel lifestyle. And when I came across this job in Spain, which was a language assistant job, I thought it was perfect because the job required me to work 16 hours a week and I would be getting enough money to survive in Madrid, which is a pretty cool city. And I would only work, I only worked four days a week. So I had a three-day weekends every week. And then we had Christmas break and Holy Week break because it was in Spain. So for me as a content creator, that was exactly what I wanted because I would still get paid enough money to live in a gorgeous city. But at the same time, I had more time and energy to 
invest on my own thing, my, my own channel. When I was working at a digital marketing agency, it was just impossible for me to keep creating because my job itself was creative. So I was just exhausted by the time I got home. I couldn't get myself to film or edit anymore. So I thought I needed a job that would be able to sustain me, but at the same time, allow me to have a side hustle, which was YouTube at the time. Why did you decide to actually choose YouTube as your side hustle? And now it's become a huge part of your brand, right? Yes. And a lot of what we see online now is that it's too late to go on YouTube. It's so hard to get in there. How did you get into this platform and actually grow your brand from it? I guess I honestly feel that there is an audience for everyone. Anyone who wants to be a YouTuber, there's someone out there for you. Like somebody will watch your videos. It's just a matter of being discovered by the right people. And this is where my digital marketing background comes in because I was really focused on the whole SEO and keyword part of YouTubing. And I guess that helped me grow my channel. I, I was very intentional about it even though I wasn't a beauty guru or I wasn't a fashionista that had so much to offer I at least knew what my strengths were and I guess I used that to for people to discover me so even though my beauty tutorials weren't that good at least the people who did discover me ended up liking I don't know maybe my personality or my style enough that they stuck around so that was good I think. So now I, I like doing it because I have this whole community of people, like-minded people who want the same things, but also I can, I can be myself. I, I'll create whatever I want and people do enjoy it. The audience that I have now, I mean, it's not a, it's not that big of a community. I don't have millions of subscribers, but it's enough to, to make me realize that this is going somewhere. So, well, the niche that you have is pretty great because it's obviously not for everybody, but there's enough mm -hmm. people who will be able to listen and watch you when you're going through your journey. When you left the Philippines, you went to Spain, you have all of these different stories that you're sharing with everybody, which is really great. And also make sure you check out the extended interview with Ayin because she's going to share with us how to find your unique niche on YouTube. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that later on. Yay. Now, Ayin, for when you were actually preparing the journey to leave the Philippines and start a whole new life in Spain, how did you prepare for that journey in order to make this huge change in your life? Well, number one, of course, is savings because financially it was a huge move. I mean, the job, the salary was great, but it wasn't enough to to be able to travel. And so I, that's actually when I started Morena the label right before I left for Spain, because I kind of needed something to, to add to my savings. So I sold t-shirts, but then I didn't realize that it would actually grow. I didn't think it would actually grow to what it is now. So that is like my other 50% of what I do. So financially, I really had to prepare for that because I needed to set things up in a way that I would be actually able to do YouTube. Because a lot of 
language assistants in Spain do a lot of part-time English teaching work. And I know that I can't really do that because I, I had a goal in mind and what I wanted to do, my end goal was to to become a full-time YouTuber. And I hope that in a year I would be able to do it. So mostly it was financial. The Spanish speaking, Spanish learning stuff, I tried to do when I was there, but I, I got back and everything and I still suck at it. So yeah, <laughs> it was mostly that. <laughs> so you're talking about financials. How much money did you actually save before setting off to be going to a different country? And how were you able to budget that money to actually last? I guess enough to last me two to three months. Because I mean, I would be getting my salary after the first month, but it wasn't a sure thing. In Spain, bureaucracy is just as bad as the Philippines, I guess. So I was kind of used to it, you know, after having lived my entire life here in the Philippines. So it's not a shocking thing to me, incompetence and <laughs> delayed pace and stuff. <laughs> so I guess it was just a matter of being thrifty and knowing my priorities. Getting an apartment as soon as I got there was one of the biggest struggles because it just was not easy, especially since I didn't know any Spanish. So we got lucky after like two weeks of searching. We finally found an apartment, settled in, just started our job and hoped that we got paid on time. But luckily, luckily, the savings were enough and it got us through the, the, the first two months of having no pay. Oh, and when I say we, I mean me and my former roommate back in Spain because she's my friend from Manila and we both moved there at the same time. So it was kind of cool to share the experience with someone. And I wasn't alone entirely during that whole move. Yeah, that's so good because it can be such a culture shock when you're in a different country, especially if you're by yourself. It's such a huge change already. And to do it all solo can be really, really overwhelming. Yeah. What was that like for you when you finally set foot in Spain, you know, we all have that what now moment after we leave something or we're starting something completely different with our life. What was your what now moment like? Hmm, when was that? I guess when that was when we moved to our actual apartment. It was like a month later and well, the contract was nine months. So our first month passed and we were like, oh my gosh, this is it. We live here. We're not tourists. We're not traveling together. We moved We moved here together. It was crazy because, I mean, I've known one thing my entire life, Manila, like Filipino food, Tagalog. So for me to not even have English to, to use, to charm my way into our out of situations, <laughs> it, was, it was hard. I, I was really dependent on, on language. Like, at least here I can negotiate and do stuff like that. But when I was in Spain, the, especially the first time I moved there, it was like back to zero. I, I knew nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was Well, hard. that's the beauty of it, right? That's yes. the beauty of it and also the real struggle of it mm -hmm. all. It's like you don't know anything, but then it's also really exciting, but super nerve-wracking. <laughs> you don't but know I what's happening. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, 
truly an amazing experience. Yeah. Well, you took out so much from it. Yeah, for sure. And now you have so much from it. You created so many amazing videos when you were there. And I'm sure you have a lot of different lessons that you've learned from it as well. Now, throughout this whole journey, Ayin, what was the biggest setback that you actually encountered and how did you handle it? The biggest setback would probably dealing with winter because I'm I'm a tropical girl I've never had to wear layers in my life and it really does affect you, I guess, mentally or emotionally. The cold, I I really underestimated it. During the winter, that was the first time I ever had to, I don't know, I feel like I even feel like I was a little bit depressed while I was there because I got sick with the flu and I was just homesick and lonely. It was Christmas. It was cold. I needed the blanket to get to the, to the bathroom. <laughs> so that was a struggle for me. But I guess it really helped that I've made friends there because I wasn't alone. There was this whole group of expats who felt exactly how I felt. And I did have my Filipino friends, but I also found my little community of expats, of entrepreneurs. So outside of my English teacher circle, there was another circle of entrepreneurs that I I really, really appreciated because they really taught me, though indirectly, they've really taught me how it is to get out of your comfort zone and build something for yourself outside of your home, even if it's on the other side of the world. So that was a really helpful factor, having that support group of like-minded people who were experiencing the same stuff. How did you find that community that you really needed in Spain? Facebook. It was all Facebook and social (laughs) media. I think you know Cassandra. She was actually, that's how I got the, that's how I got into the branding quickies book because of her. And she was one of the act, more active ones on Facebook. So we had a blogger community and then we had a, we had another group. I forgot what it was, but basically I was just desperate to find people who were like me, you know, entrepreneurial people who wanted to discuss the same stuff and, and get together. So I, I joined those groups and I would go to events, just free events, meetups. She had this dinner series in Madrid, so it was nice that I got to meet those people. And the expat community was very small, so whenever I would go to these events, it would always be the same people. So it was really nice. That's usually the lifesaver of everything, you know, especially when you're (laughs) on your own and it gets really lonely and you definitely hit right on the spot with that one because it does take a lot of toll on our mental health as well when we do this. You know, we kind of always just see the positive of it. You know, people move abroad. It's really great. You're in a new country. And then after a few weeks or even after a few days, you realize, oh my gosh, I just uprooted everything. I don't know anyone. This is getting really depressing. Uh (laughs) And you don't know what to do. So having that community can be such a huge lifesaver for sure. Yes. And I think during that time when I was so far away and detached from my home, I was able to use that time to focus on my goals. And I I became very goal-oriented, I think, more than usual when I was there. Because I feel like 
you know, I'm going through all of this. This better be worth something. I need to make something out of myself while I'm here. So that's why I created so many videos about Spain and I documented it, I think, pretty well compared to my other travels. So that was awesome because I was able to maximize the nine months that I that I spent there. What do you think has been the best lesson that you've learned while you were abroad, Ayin? I guess just realizing how strong and independent I could be, just being able to push my my limits because I've been I'm a pretty sheltered child, and I always thought that I would stay in the circle, stay within my comfort zone. And I, I never really knew what I was capable of until I was across the world and so far away. And I had to do all of that by myself. So now that I know that I could do it, I feel so empowered to keep doing it. So the plan is hopefully I can, hopefully I can keep travel vlogging because I really want to see more and do more. And now that I've already done nine months in Spain, I feel like the other stuff won't be as hard. It would be a challenge, but it won't be as shocking as it my first time. Yeah. <laughs> now you're so much more prepared for it, right? Yeah. Than you were before. Mm-hmm. You can do anything now. I or know. at least you feel like that. <laughs> Until you <laughs> land and then it happens all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian, you talked about getting sick while you were away. Mm-hmm. What type of insurance were you using when you were living abroad? Yes, luckily they had it, it was part of our contract. So we had medical insurance. I don't know. I think it was taken care of by the government. So it was pretty cool because I don't even have insurance here back in the Philippines. I pay for, I mean, every time I need to go to the doctor, I need to shell out money. And I don't think that's how it's supposed to be, but eh, I just got back and I'm winging it. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, when I was in Spain, I, I had that. And I was very lucky because I th- we have a group, a Facebook group for auxiliaris. That that was what we were called, language assistants. So the auxiliaris group, it was a great resource for stuff like that. And through that group, I found a, an English speaking doctor who we could really communicate with. So all of the language assistants went to him, and it was awesome. Also, medicine is pretty cheap in Spain, so. That was good. I just caught the flu, but it was winter, so it was awful. I really <laughs> just wanted my mom to cook me luga or oh. hot soup, but it just wasn't happening. I, I had to do it myself. So It's different when you're at home and you have your mom with you, right? And it sucks. It really sucks getting sick on the road. But you know what's worse than that, though? It's like dealing with insurance claims when you're on the road, when you're always on the go, you're in a different country. And it's not like Spain where they don't give you free health insurance. Yeah. And most of the time, it really sucks when you're dealing with unreliable customer service reps who can never give you the right info that you need. And 
it's given me so much stress to do that. And that's why I'm really excited to share that I am partnering with Integra Global and they have amazing in-house experts and their partnerships with some of the world leading companies who offer expat assistant programs, security and natural disaster protection and so much more things that we didn't even know that we needed, but then it just happens, you know? So if you want to speak to helpful experts who can make your life easier when you're on the road, like I know we do most of the time Mm -hmm, because we mm -hmm. get sick, like it just happens for no reason, right? So you guys can go to integraglobal.com and speak to one of their awesome reps. So you can definitely check that out. I mean, if you go to another place, because places like the Philippines (laughs) don't have that. And even the United States, we don't have that here. There's no free health care here. We have to pay for it. And it's so expensive. And I don't want to have to deal with that because you don't know. Every country is so different. And that's why I really love Integra Global for that. Oh, my gosh. That's something that I need to learn. I mean, I'm half adulting, but at the same time, there are (laughs) things that I haven't even googled about so this is one of them i need to go do that (laughs) my goodness (laughs) i know i i really had to learn the hard way to do that otherwise i'm like oh my gosh i don't know what to do so now let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for Wow, 50 years from now, I'd be 75. Oh my gosh, a grandmother. <laughs> well, I always say that when I'm when I'm a grandmother and I'm surrounded by my grandchildren or whatever, I mean, if we could get to that point with climate change and everything. <laughs> but I would I I mean, my ambitions are pretty simple. I just want to be happy. And when I talk to my family and my kids and my grandkids in the future. I want them to see my videos and photos and know that I lived a full life while I was doing all of this. You know, that I want to be able to, I want to be a living example of how it is to live a happy life, but while at the same time, being able to provide for yourself and have a secure future. Because it is possible. And I want to be able to actually make that happen for myself. So yeah, but also, you know, I I care a lot about my advocacy, which is skin color positivity, especially here in the Philippines. I I want them to see my work. And I want to, to be able to be part of that movement that allows future generations of brown skinned girls in the Philippines to to be confident in themselves. So even though like my name doesn't have to be there, but if I'm old and I see all the little brown grandchildren that I have and they're just naturally confident the same way their lighter skin counterparts are, then I feel like I would have lived a good life. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good thing to be an advocate of because a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, it's definitely happens in a lot of different countries in the United States and all over the world. 
And especially with the Filipinos, we can be really hard on each other. You know, not even other people from other countries. Like, we're hard on each other. We're pretty so friendly it's, with others, actually. Yeah. With, with so us. this is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting because a lot of people go to the Philippines and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so friendly. But I've had moments there where I was treated differently when I first just land and my skin was light to mm-hmm. one... I'm in the middle of my trip and I get really, really dark and I get treated like shit, literally. Yeah, and it's it's pretty interesting. And I tell people this all the time and they're so horrible with their own kind that it was really surprising to me. And it was a long time since I went back to the Philippines and I didn't realize how bad it was until I actually experienced it myself. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. But with other foreigners who are dark skinned, they were so nice to them. But to their own kind, they were just really horrible and they mistreat you. Yeah. So it was very interesting. There's a different world to the Philippines. (laughs) I mean, we're an amazing country. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we could be a little kinder to each other, I think. (laughs) What about when, when people hear your accent when they realize you're not like a local Filipino okay so the thing that I actually do is I don't speak English when I'm there really so yeah I'm completely (sighs) fluent in Ilongo and Tagalog so they don't know (laughs) oh I see because the thing is yeah um, I've had (laughs) Filipino American friends who like they've told me that they do experience that but as soon as Filipinos realize that they're Filipino-American, then the treatment changes completely and people are friendlier, they're more impressed or I don't know, something like that. So it's just, it's really weird. It's really weird. It's very strange. And it's also different the way they treat you when you're with a foreigner. And it becomes completely different. Yeah. Oh it's so God. interesting. Oh I'm just really interested in it. I mean, there's so many things wrong with it, but it's also like psychologically and in the psychology type of way, I'm like, wow, the behavior is very, very interesting. So that's why a lot of the times when I go back to the Philippines, so most of the time, unless I am with a foreigner and I have to speak English to them, mm-hmm. I never speak English because I want to know, you know, the reality, how yeah. they're going to really treat you. That's how you know the true people who are really nice to you and who aren't. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's a really good way to filter out people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There- and then there were times where they actually, when I first would, land and I would be with like my my fiance like he's white so I would be speaking to him in English mm-hmm. and they don't know that I actually am fluent in Tagalog and Ilongo and they would oh, say things no. <laughs> what would they so that's say the best. it's just like things like it's it's just horrible and sometimes I would just be laughing you know like some most of the time it's not bad like Filipinos are not the worst I'm making this seem like everyone's horrible but no (laughs) Filipinos are really good like there's only probably like five or ten percent of them that are like this but it's just good see that's why it's so important to know a different language (laughs) yeah oh my gosh the power the power that you hold yes that's so funny (laughs) because I I also had the same experience but that was two years ago when when I was with my my ex, he was also white. And every time we would be seen together, especially in places like Makati, I would have to dress up really nicely so people wouldn't assume the worst about me. It's just awful. Yes. My gosh. Yeah. There was yeah. one time 
uh, we checked into an Airbnb, we, which I paid for, by the way. I paid for that thing. But they made me <laughs> they made me surrender my ID or something. And I, I didn't even realize that it was that he was being treated differently because he was just let in like, sir, welcome to your room, blah, blah, blah. But they they asked for my ID, blah, blah, blah. When I realized it, I asked him and I asked the owner of the Airbnb why the building guards asked me for identification. And he just he was so apologetic because he realized what was going on and what was the assumption about yeah. me. And it was just awful. Yeah. But it is, you know, I just, okay. I've gotten you. I try not to take personally. It's true, but you yeah. know, okay, it's there's some truth to it if we have to admit because I have been to Manila where we were in like hotels and you do see, you know what I mean? So there is some mm-hmm. sort of truth to it, but it shouldn't be the standard or the norm, right? Yes, and yes. It's also interesting when we go, because my family's from a really, really small town in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would take like my cousins out to those places and I would bring my fiance with me. Oh my goodness. They would say like, oh my God, she's so lucky to have married a white person because they pay for everything. And I was like, wow. And my cousin actually spoke out. She was like, no, he's lucky to be marrying her because she's the one that has the money. (laughs) That's so true. Like, how is it? Why do people assume that it's not possible when it actually is? You know, it it could happen. Which is really sad. Don't you think that's really sad? that's what we think of ourselves like we should think more of ourselves as filipinos Mm -hmm. like we need to be higher than that you know we're not just some you know male order bride or like as bad as it is like hookers on the street just getting some foreigners so yeah but there there is people that are like that in manila i have to say so it's not it's not it's like not a hundred percent untrue. <laughs> we just need to. I don't know what we need to do. Honestly, I don't think it's we like need to do It's like a stereotype. Anything. Yeah, there's so many stereotypes that goes along with that. So, which is pretty interesting. I mean, I laugh about it now because I think I don't really take things too seriously because you know mm-hmm. whatever. But it is. I think in a lot of ways, it does such a huge disservice to us as Filipinos to only think that we're just good enough. To be like that, to be like a like a hooker or a male ordered bride, you know, for our females and not something way better than that. So Filipinos, if you're listening to this, (sighs) let's change our minds way more. I think it's it's getting better, though, with YouTube and, you know, social media, because now people can see other stories beyond Mm -hmm. beyond the shallow assumption that we're all just looking for money or visas yeah yeah for sure Mm. I think too I and I I don't like to let it really get to me when that happens Mm -hmm. you know when it personally happens to you you definitely take offense to it at that moment and then you know you just take things into perspective it's like we still have a lot of ways to go and definitely grow in in those terms Mm -hmm. so it's getting there it's getting there for sure (laughs) So someone like you, Ayeen, is definitely mm-hmm. putting it out there that we're way beyond more than just those things. Oh my gosh, <laughs> tell me about it. There was one time I I saw a video by a white guy. Basically, the video title was, Why Dating in the Philippines is Hard for White Men. 
And I was like, what? What is this guy talking about? And he had like 200,000 views. He had 200,000 subscribers. It was just, I, I couldn't believe it that that was... <laughs> that was the Filipina content that was going around the world. And so I made a response yeah. video about it. Like I, I basically um, clapped back as a Filipina <laughs> and this dude was just not having it. He, he found my personal Facebook, argued with my friends. It was so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think a year later he made a new video entitled, why dating in the Philippines is becoming easier for white guys. <laughs> and at that point, I was just like, oh, my God, he does not get it. Okay, bye. <laughs> it was hilarious. In a lot of ways, it's super offensive. But in a lot of ways, it's freaking hilarious because yeah. I just laugh at people like that. Honestly, I really can't take mm-hmm. them seriously. Yeah, like and the ignorance. If, oh, my gosh. Like, yes. how is this real? But it is. <laughs> Yeah, because honestly, if we take it seriously, forget it. We're just Mm going to be fighting with so many of these types of people that, you know, it's just we do our own thing. We put the content Mm -hmm. that we want to put on there and hopefully we educate people more and more about it. (laughs) For sure. Sinayin, what are you currently working on today that is really exciting for you? So I'm still basically my day involves a lot of YouTube stuff. So I'm still vlogging. I'm currently doing Vlogmas. So there's that. But also I have my podcast called Camp Confidence. But I, I recently took a break because I was figuring out some technical issues. It's it's a lot of, it's a big <laughs> adjustment from doing video. And I also have Morena the Label, which takes up a lot of my time. Because when I moved back to Manila, I started doing the printing myself. So I got equipment and... Yeah, I've been doing pretty much everything from production to packaging to shipping to marketing. So that takes a lot of my time, but it's actually really fulfilling getting to know all the different parts of the business process. So yeah, that's that's what I've been doing recently. Well, that's really exciting. And you have so many different amazing projects that you're doing and you're doing them so well. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They can find me at YouTube. That's Ayin Bernos, A-Y-N-B-E-R-N-O-S, my very complicated name. And then (laughs) you can also find me on Instagram. I recently deleted Twitter. I'm not coming back, so I'm not there. And Camp Confidence on Spotify and Miranda the Label on Instagram too. There. I hope to see you guys. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ayin, for being here today. I really appreciate your incredible story and journey. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Ayin. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to find your unique niche on YouTube. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.